Hello, and welcome to the Extension Experience podcast with your hosts, Josh Bouchong, Trent Malachik, and Dana Zook. Here you'll find insights into Oklahoma agriculture from West Area Specialists employed by Oklahoma State University Extension. Their perspectives come from assisting county educators and producers in the areas of agronomy, animal science, and economics. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Extension Experience Podcast. I'm Dana Zook. And I'm Trent Malachik. So today we are going to do a short technical analysis on the wheat and soybean markets. And I'm going to interview Trent here. We've got some questions set up and prior to some of these uh, new market reports coming out in the next couple of days. Yeah, definitely. The WASDA report here for August is going to be an important report <laughs> for, for these markets. And yeah, depending on when you listen to this podcast, we're here recording it on 8-11 and uh, reports tomorrow. So <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how right or wrong Trent is when it comes to his thoughts on what's going to happen in the market. We will see. Yeah. And it's been interesting. I, I haven't done a paper shuffling podcast, I'll call it, uh, sitting here actually looking at charts, trying to talk to you what I think is going to happen. But Dana, we've got producers with wheat and storage. We've got producers that are looking to plant next year's crop, and we've got a good price. I mean, it's been a long time since I've sat here looking at a six-month continuation chart, and every single price on that chart's above 560 for wheat. And that's just amazing uh, compared to where we've been because profitability has been in the tank the last several years, and we have good opportunities to make money. And if you sold wheat in the last six months, I think you did good. Now, there's definitely situations, myself included, when I look at June, when I marketed a bunch of wheat right after harvest, that that was kind of one of the lows in this market. And I want to kind of talk some about uh, support levels that we've got going on here. So there's sitting here looking at the September contract, we're looking at 714 as a current price. Now, that's obviously moved today as we've been through the market. But when I printed this chart, that's where we were at. And our most recent support level that really matters there is 687. And that's a very recent low set earlier this month. And if we're talking about where we think prices are going to go in the short term, we've got to set up a few different spots to look at. So we've got recent lows where the market kind of came off of an upper bound. We're, we're looking at this trend line that's continuing up. We touched that upper trend line and we came down and we stopped at 687, which was right in the middle of the trading range, which is a great sign for a bullish market. This we didn't have to go all the way down to the lower trend line, which would have been somewhere around 670. And I'm, you know, we're already kind of getting in the weeds here, but kind of summing that little part up, we're in the upper end of our trading range, which is really strong, and that's where we want to be. And there's no real indications of this market being really weak currently. Now, again, if you want to look at a spot, if the price goes down, where should I be concerned? Looking on that September contract, probably 687 is going to be that range where I'm starting to think, oh, might might want to get a little bit worried. That also happens to coincide perfectly with the with the trend line, trend line as it sits today. So if we saw a huge move a couple of times, maybe a couple of days in the market where we saw prices go down, we could probably test that. As we go further down, you want to look at a little more long-term support, maybe within the next few weeks, where would I be concerned uh, on prices? We have a pretty decent correction set back in late July, right at 631. Now, in that period of time, the mark that's kind of where this channel, this trend line kind of got started. 
where we traded up to somewhere around 678 and we traded back down to 631 and those were the upper and lower bounds of that channel and then the market continued up incredibly strong from there so again the market was waning at that time. We'd spent at least a couple months just moving sideways in a fairly, albeit fairly wide trading range of around a dollar, a little bit less than a dollar. But you get down around 631. So I've talked about we're sitting at a 714 futures price. Our first support's at 687. The next level of support I'm concerned with is 631. And then if we're talking about several months from now, maybe, maybe from now until December, what is the you know, things have gone horrible. The prices are going down. What do I do? If the price gets down around 565, that is the very bottom of support on this, this current graph I'm looking at, looking at the last six months. If we, that was set back right around the 1st of April, late March. If we get down to 565, that would be a great indication that this market is failing. And it doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to just crash lower but that would be the time period where you would start to think, uh, I need to be very concerned about profitability and what my marketing plan is going to be. So that is a lot of information, but I think that's excellent advice for producers, maybe in the, in the short term and in the long term, kind of some price levels for them to look at. Now, what about soybeans? Uh, there's a lot of soybeans out in the country. A, a couple places that I know don't typically plant soybeans have double crop in, uh, put in right after they took the weed out. Um, should producers be selling prior to harvest, locking in those prices? That's a great question. And soybeans just tend to give me ulcers as a producer. <laughs> and I, I was telling our county educator, Rick Nelson, we've had him on the podcast before. I was telling him the other day, I love selling soybeans. I hate growing them <laughs> because there's just so many things that can go wrong in the season. They're so expensive. The inputs are high. So this year, uh, I saw prices, you know, let me, let me retrace a little bit. Last year we planted soybeans. Futures prices were like eight bucks, somewhere in there, eight fifty. And I sold a lot of beans cash around $10, which ended up being the wrong choice because because prices continued to go higher. I, I underestimated the bull market in soybeans last year for sure. And we get to this year and you know, you're looking after wheat harvest that late, late June, early July timeframe. You know, we saw a really good soybean rally uh, through May and early June where we topped out at $15 and 10 cents on the September contract, which is just outstanding. You think about that's nearly double what we were mm -hmm. looking at last year. So I'll sit here as a producer and tell you, sell beans whenever you want. <laughs> You're going to make money. I mean, unless unless you just have a horrible crop or things go really poorly, but it's not tough to make 20 bushel beans in Oklahoma makes sense when you're talking about 13, 12 and $13 beans. With that said, looking at the kind of the tr marketing channel that we've got going on, the soybean market is consolidating on itself hard. And it's been doing that for the last month, which could mean a lot of different things. You know, we set a high around 1510. Right now we're currently trading around 1360. Now with wheat, and I didn't spend a whole lot of time talking about the bull market and wheat. There's not a whole lot of reason to be scared of wheat going up. There's there's a, quite a bit of support in the market I kind of briefly talked about how we weren't testing the lower part of that marketing channel, so we expected wheat could continue to go up. And again, might get it thrown in my face tomorrow and, and markets might 
go ahead and collapse. But currently, looking at the technicals in this market, I would not be concerned with wheat having a huge downside. Soybeans does not have that. And I'm not doom and gloom soybeans by any means, but it's definitely not nearly as strong. You look at the six-month contract in beans, we're right somewhere in the middle of that. We saw extraordinary movement around May and June which is when you should have sold your beans. But if you didn't have early beans in, it was very difficult to make that decision to go ahead and cash contract. If you're like me and you planted beans in late June, you probably contracted somewhere around 13, which right now feels like it was a huge mistake. But again, go back to you're selling 13 beans, you're not doing anything wrong type of thing. Uh, we got as high here recently after double crop beans were planted as fourteen twenty six, which would have been an outstanding price. Uh, some beans got contracted around fourteen. At least I know I did mm -hmm. a little bit more as I as beans actually came up and were growing good. I went ahead and, and did just a little bit more, but now I'm kind of maxed out on what my uh, insurance guarantee will allow me to forward contracts. So again, I'm kind of sitting here like everybody else and just waiting. If I have unpriced beans, I'm still incredibly interested in doing something. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can you can look at what did the seed cost and maybe maybe try to cover your seed cost or fertilizer bill or something. I mean, the chances of this thing breaking, we've got a recent low at 1312. So again, on the September contract, we're talking about 1360. We've got a recent low at 1312 and then a little longer term low. It's kind of a double bottom here recently at 1270. Below that, you could see beans fall to 12 bucks. So some room for some risk management, definitely. Yeah, and beans, I'm a little more negative uh, just with what's going on in the world. Now, we've got a little over 30% of bean growing area under drought. We've got somewhere around like 35 or 36 of the corn growing areas in drought, which is something that this country never sees. So for me to sit here and say there's bearish sentiment in this market is kind of probably foolish who knows <laughs> like i said we'll we'll see but just from a strictly a producer standpoint you're talking about wheat above seven dollars soybeans above thirteen dollars for once in the last five years we can make money pretty easily if we just grow the crop so i would say look really closely at your budgets figure out you know what you've got what your exposure is and think about forward contracting some of this i would sure hate to wait until oh, I don't know, September, November, whenever we start harvesting these beans and have a break in the market and have missed out on on this because beans can easily move a dollar in a day. Mm -hmm. And the trading and the, the limits will allow them to move $2 in a day up and down. So that's some incredible volatility. And you start talking about a, a significant number of bushels that can make some incredible improvements on on the bottom line if you can capture some of these higher prices. So that's a great wrap up, Trent. Thank you for that. I think that gives producers some somewhere to go with it. I mean, some these markets are crazy enough. Not being an economist, they mm -hmm. seem to be pretty wild. And so just having some baseline information with the prices, I think, will be very helpful. Yeah, I always try to. It's easy to get real caught up in these short term graphs and think about, well, if I sell my beans at 13 and a half and it goes to 15, I've, I've missed out on some opportunity there but you still capture 13 bucks. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about not seeing the forest for the trees type of thing. And, and the same way with wheat, you know, back when wheat was trading for three and a half, four bucks, if it would have went to seven, we would have sold everything we had in the elevator. And now we're sitting here looking at it like, oh, well, it might go to eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I so. mean, yeah. So if you can, if you can look at what everything costs and at least cover that, um, and, and make a little money, that would be fantastic for some of these Oklahoma producers. Yeah, and I'll just make a quick comment on inputs. You know, input costs have been incredibly high recently. You know, 
some my local trade area, you've got forty six zero above five hundred dollars. You've got anhydrous above six hundred dollars. You know, those are some pretty good outlays that we haven't had to face recently. You know, we see fertilizer come up when grain prices go up. It's just something that happens. And, you know, I'd definitely be interested in covering some of those extra outlays because if you paid high prices for fertilizer, which when wheat is $7, it's telling you to fertilize a bunch. The market wants you to produce a, a lot of crop, but you don't lock in that profit and you paid high input prices. What happens if the price crashes and you, and you might end up worse off than you were before? So those are kind of some of the the negatives to, to be aware of and never underestimate bullish markets. It's also easy to say, well, the prices are good enough. I'm not interested in, in really worrying about the upside, but look at what the market is telling you. Wheat has some room. You know, if, if we got back to 744 on the September contract, I'd be a lot more aggressive than I am now for sure. But just because there's a top in the market doesn't mean that it's going to stop there. We mm -hmm. see it time and time again. If the fundamentals dictate that it should go through those tops, it will. And, and it can do so in a big way. And so if they have more questions, contact their local county extension office or contact you here at the area office. And I'm sure that anybody would be happy to at least direct you to the right person. Not yeah. everybody is as good at the technical analysis as Trent, but... Um, Definitely. It doesn't, it, it takes a little bit of knowledge to follow some of this and, and we hope that this was helpful going forward. Yeah. Thanks for asking a bunch of questions, Dana. It's, it's a great topic and I'm glad to be able to share it with everyone. And with that, we'll see you next time. We hope you've enjoyed what you've heard. If you would like to hear more or follow up on the discussed topics, please reach out to your local county extension agent. OSU has a presence in all 77 counties with the educators eager to assist you. Also, please consider checking the description for links to our social media pages and further information pertinent to the conversation. Thanks again and we'll talk to you soon.